Brad Thor, always great to have you on. Brand new book out now called Code of Conduct. And you're a former member of the Department of Homeland Security, analytic red cell unit. And you've done a lot of work when it was time for George Bush to get imaginative on what would be an attack against America. He would call a guy like you. Yeah, there was a whole group of us. I think it was probably one of the most forward-thinking programs the federal government ever put in place. Uh, and the idea was they knew that 9-11 had happened because of a failure of imagination on the government's part. So they said, let's bring in non-government creative types. They brought in me, Michael Bay, the director of the Transformer movies, and a bunch of other people. And they said, help us war game. Help us think ahead of the terrorists and try to figure out where they're going to hit next and, who, and what the targets might be. Right. Uh, so that is part. What's your background that, that lent you to that? Your imagination. I'm a thriller writer, so they like that, just like Michael Bay. But you Bay. research it, too. I do. I do. You know what? I watched the the Berlin Wall come down, and I said, what's the next? Now that Soviet communism has collapsed, what's going to be the next bad guy out there? And I saw fundamentalist Islam coming a mile away, and so I started reading the Quran and things like that in college, saying, okay, where are we going with this? What kind of an enemy are we going to see here? And I said, you know what? They are going to be more determined than the Soviets. They're going to be a worse enemy. And guess what we found out? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not the JV team. Uh, here's what the president said, though. Uh, cut one. This broader challenge of countering violent extremism is not simply a military effort. Ideologies are not defeated with guns. They're defeated by better ideas, a more attractive and more compelling vision. So the United States will continue to do our part by working with partners to counter ISIL's hateful propaganda, especially online. Uh, we'll constantly reaffirm through words and deeds that we will never be at war with Islam. We're fighting terrorists who distort Islam and whose victims are mostly Muslims. you have any problem with these statements? It, it, right away, he's wrong. It's not extremism. What ISIS is practicing, what Osama bin Laden practiced, is fundamentalist Islam. If Mohammed came back today and passed out trophies for the best Muslims in the world, ISIS would be at the top of the podium. They are practicing Islam exactly the way Mohammed taught it and wanted it practiced. What makes you say that? How come some uh, interpret it and say, okay, I'm, and especially Americans, uh, Muslims in America, for the most part, 99.9% really don't have a problem. They are the best assimilated. Muslims who move to America are the best assimilated outside the Islamic world than anywhere else, any other non-Muslim country. Here we really get people to assimilate. Because we let you do your own thing. Absolutely. And we have a separation between church and state in this country, and we don't have a theocracy here. But President Obama is wrong. Because this is not extremism. This is fundamentalist Islam. You know, most of the Germans in Germany were not Nazis in World War II, but they were physically and intellectually intimidated into going along with the Nazis. And that's exactly what Muslim fundamentalists do, because there is no history of self-criticism or self-reflection in Islam. You are not allowed to criticize the doctrine. You can't do it. You cannot argue with what's in the Quran. And that's how those guys win and end up getting money. You know, there's lots of jihad, Brian. There's strap a bomb vest on jihad, but there's also jihad of the checkbook. And these guys are successful at getting people to write them checks so they can go out and wage war. It makes you wonder uh, what other Sunni nations are writing checks so they don't attack them and go attack somebody else, playing both edges, uh, both sides of the fence, maybe like Qatar, maybe maybe like uh, Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, big time. Here's the president assessing our enemy. Let's listen. ISIL surrounded by countries and communities committed to its destruction. It has no air force. Our coalition owns the skies. ISIL's backed by no nation. It relies on fear, sometimes executing its own disillusioned fighters. Its unrestrained brutality often alienates those under its rule, creating new enemies. In short, ISIL's recent losses in both Syria and Iraq prove that ISIL can and will be defeated.
Does anybody believe this guy, Brian? No. The reason Obama is out there making these statements is because ISIS is winning, not because they're losing. Look what they've done. They forced the president off the golf course and over to the Defense Department. We had these guys beat. We had them beat in Iraq. They were down to 16-year-old couriers who were left there to turn the lights out. And this guy did not negotiate a status of forces agreement. He wanted to be able to say he got everybody out of Iraq, and he left the sofa on the table. That isn't anything about, oh, Iraq is a sovereign nation and we can't impose our troops on them. The hell we can't. And he caused ISIS. I'm going to say it again. President Obama caused ISIS. Well, uh, if you read Emma Skye's book, who is basically a liberal Palestinian who grew up in Britain and then became a confidant to General Odierno and General Petraeus and maybe America's uh, uh, great arbiter between the Iraqis, the different religions, and the American military, who's hardly thought that we made a great move going into Iraq— she chronicles everything from the placement of Ambassador Christopher Hill, who was more concerned about a lawn in, uh, around the embassy, he did not like Iraqis, did not want to meet with them. Joe Biden comes over and says al-Maliki is going to be the strong man to replace Saddam Hussein. That's what we have decided. Meanwhile, they're in the middle of an election standoff with Alawi, who consolidated all religions and sects, who won the election just two sheets off, seats off of putting together a government. He allowed all that to fall apart, all the negotiations to dissipate because they refused to play a role. Had Bush started the surge a year earlier, had he been completed it earlier, it would have probably been in place. Odierno, Petraeus and company would never allow that to happen along with Ambassador Crocker. But it didn't happen that way. And the president was told to take over. He bragged about it to get elected in 2012. And then it all fell apart and said we shouldn't have been there in the first place. That's typical of Obama, right? Nobody ever gets fired under this guy, and he never takes responsibility for anything. How about this? So President Bush made some mistakes? Fine. President Obama's made some huge mistakes? Fine. He's got about a year and a half, about the same amount, when President Bush decided to double down, defy uh, experts, and go do the surge. Now we find out what he's got to do is put together a strategy, start arming the Kurds, start telling the Jordanians, this is how you do it. I'm going to coordinate the strikes with Egypt, who's already lent to the UAE, who says, use my air force. And we have some motivated people in Saudi Arabia, perhaps, to help us out, let alone some Sunnis, uh, tribal leaders in Iraq, too, that might be able to get motivated at this point. Instead, he does nothing. In this report in today's Tampa Tribune, the U.S. administration is taking orders from Tehran and not arming the Kurdish militia in northern Iraq and Syria. Jay Garner, who was supposed to be the new person in Iraq after the overthrow of Saddam Hussein, said that he is working with the Kurds right now who he believes single-handedly could take out ISIS, but we will not give them anything except light arms, and they're not even getting it from us. Taking cues from Iran? Did you write about that at all, Brad Thor? <laughs> Taking cues from Iran? That's implausible for a fiction writer. Exactly. If I had put that in one of my thrillers, nobody would have believed it. This guy is trying to community organize his way through the Middle East. You know, this is where it began with the speech in Cairo. And if we extend our hand, they'll unclench their fist. It's insanity. This is why liberals are known for being weak on foreign policy. They don't know what they're doing. And Obama is another Jimmy Carter. It's the same failed foreign policies and same weakness and lack of spine that we saw under Carter. So tell me where, you, where this, uh, where this um, edition of your thrillers uh, takes place. For example, Code <laughs> of Conduct. Where are we in this? 
Well, what's really funny is the idea for Code of Conduct happened right next door to this studio we're sitting in. You know George Russell, who's across the hall here? Great reporter for FoxNews.com. George Russell did a piece a couple of years ago on FoxNews.com that I found and said this would make an incredible thriller. He uncovered leaked documents from a meeting high in the Alps at this faraway retreat of a global body that wanted to get the U.S. off the international stage. And they had a whole point plan. And George did this magnificent article on it, and that's the basis for my new thriller. So to get America out from the lead. Absolutely. This group wants to take over. And it is it is fascinating. And I've got the information at my website, bradthor.com, about how they were planning to do this. It is amazing. And what's funny is, is this stuff came out of the, the Austrian Alps where George found it. There's also something down in Georgia called, that people are calling the American Stonehenge. Somebody, I don't know if it's Ted Turner, whoever, put up these huge granite slabs with an agenda for what they want to see happen to the United States and then the world. And this thing's down there in about 12 different languages. It's bizarre. But you put that together with what George uncovered in the Austrian Alps with this huge global governance body that wants to knock the U.S. out. And I said, this would make a great summer beach read. Where'd you go to uh, research? Uh, Spent some time in Austria and around the country here and then cobbled together some little bits and pieces of my travels from the past. Uh, This sounds like a great movie as well. Well, we're on our way. Warner Brothers is turning my book, The Athena Project, into a movie for Ronda Rousey. And. And, uh, and my other books are being made as well. So it's we're on the way. 